It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Beautiful day for a neighbor. Won't you be mine? I mean, how many of you grew up on that show? Did any? I mean, you just. You just watched it, and it was a little weird. There were things on there that you just were a little nervous about. But how could you not love Mr. Rogers? He was awesome. You know, he was trained as a pastor. He was, he was a pastor, and, and I think uh, the heart of what he tried to accomplish with his TV show was teaching us to be good neighbors, to notice people, to love people, and to help people no matter where they were and what they were up to. I mean, I watched Mr. Rogers all the time. So we're going to talk about neighboring a little bit over the next couple of weeks. And so I'm glad you're here. I think, it's, I think it's a really important conversation and discussion. And as I was thinking about my growing up and uh, where, where I would sit and watch this TV show, I remember we had um, just ugly old carpet. It was green, part... Part of it was like shag carpet, but then it had trails in it, like with real tight wound carpet. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like Berber in trails, and we'd run our cars, like our matchbox cars through it, and then it had shag carpet. We had green carpet in the living room, and downstairs we had yellow carpet. It was beautiful. And in the nice room, we had blue carpet. I have no idea how it all fit together, but we had all these different uh, colors from the 70s. And so I remember sitting there, and I got to thinking about my neighborhood and where I grew up, and I'm going to have you think for just a second, and you can even talk to your neighbor if you can remember. Can you remember the name of the street and maybe even the address of where you grew up as a child, so where you spent your most time as a child? Can you remember, and your phone number, some of you, even your phone number? And do you know, can you name any of your neighbors? So go ahead and share with somebody around you if you can do that, any of your neighbors. You got it? Two oh five nine eight seven 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 five nine. That was my telephone number. Two oh five and I grew up in Alabama and no we did not still have shared party lines. Some of you are wondering in Alabama did we have the shared party lines? No, we didn't at that time. But I got to thinking about where I grew up, and this is actually the street that I grew up on. It's called Burning Tree Lane. This is a Google image of uh, what Burning Tree Lane looks like today. It didn't quite look the same back then. Uh, 4206 Burning Tree Lane, that arrow is pointing to my house, and they have added on a number of times since we lived there. It was much smaller when we lived there. There's a lot of cars in the driveway. We only had one car when we first moved in. And... um, I started thinking about this, like where I grew up, and I tell you, when you start thinking about where you grew up, your mind can go in a lot of different directions. I, I, I began to think about neighboring and how my family did neighboring. So two houses uh, this direction from my house was a friend named Chris Lee. 
Chris Lee was a great baseball player. He and his dad were in the backyard throwing baseballs all the time. Chris and I became friends. He was one or two years below me uh, in school, but we had bike paths. All, look at all the woods. I mean, it's, it was a kid's dream. We had bike paths through the woods. Uh, we, did, we had BB gun wars in the woods, which I wouldn't recommend. Um, it was painful at times. We could hide from our parents all day long. They would never, I mean, we would explore these woods. It was awesome. So Chris Lee, two houses up. I had another friend in the neighborhood named Wade Martin. Wade Martin's dad uh, died of a massive heart attack when Wade was in elementary school. And I remember connecting with Wade around that time. And we became friends. And, and he, he started coming to church. And we graduated with each other. In high school, Wade is now my dad's pain management doctor, which I find hilarious. And he was this little scrawny kid in the neighborhood that, um, you know, he would come in and out of our house. And, and then I started thinking about my, my actual next door neighbors, and I have no idea who they were. I don't know their names. I don't even remember what they looked like. I, I hardly can even remember if I ever saw them. So I know Chris Lee, and I know Wade Martin in our neighborhood, and I might have known a couple other kids um, running around. I might have gotten in a fight with Chad Kirkpatrick at the bus stop one time, <laughs> which was up on Wooddale Lane. But um, I, I, I didn't know who lived next door to me, and I started thinking about why did I not know my next door neighbors? How, how could it be that I didn't even know their name? And maybe it was because one year, my dad loved working in the yard, and I would, he made me work in the yard with him. And maybe it was because one year he heard that your grass would grow better if you, um, at the end of the season, caught it on fire and burned the whole thing. And maybe it was because we burned our yard one year and scared our neighbors to death that we were going to burn down the neighborhood. It's not that there were many trees around or anything like that that we could catch on fire. And I remember out there with the, the, uh, the hose just watching the grass burn. It was the worst idea my dad ever had. Because <laughs> then I, we couldn't walk in the yard because then we'd get black stuff on our, our, our shoes and you couldn't go in the house. And I was like, maybe that's why our neighbors didn't talk to us. It's because of that. Or maybe it's because my dad was a pastor and people don't talk to pastors because we make people really nervous for some reason. I mean, I, I do. I make you nervous. Just like if you sit next to me on a plane and you find out I'm a pastor, I love to ask questions like, what do you think about God? Talk about a showstopper. That's it right there. <laughs> People ask me, what do you do? And I'm like, I work in nonprofit. <laughs> what do you do in nonprofit? I'm a public speaker. <laughs> Where do you speak? Lots of places. I mean, I try as hard as I can not to answer that question because then people are like, oh, okay. They put on their headphones and <laughs> locked in. I'm like, why, why did I not know my neighbors? Neighboring is such a, an interesting and important concept, even in Scripture. And so, like, throughout Scripture, the, the concept of, of neighboring is, is a beautiful thing. And so we're going to track that a little bit. And I'm going to challenge you the next two weeks to, I'm going to challenge you to get to know your neighbors. Now, some of you are like, I'm out already. And 
And you might say, our neighbors caught their grass on fire, and so we're definitely not going to get to know our neighbors. We don't have grass around here, so you don't have to worry about that as much. But I'm going to challenge you to get to know your neighbors, because I think it is central and core to what it means to follow Jesus. Um, Have any of you read the book Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell? Anybody read the book Outliers? Fascinating book, and it begins with a study that was done in a city called Rosetto, uh, Pennsylvania. Have you read this? Does it anybody, some, I see some of you saying yes. So let me give you just a quick little uh, idea. The Rosetto Mystery, um, and, and Mal- Malcolm Gladwell said that this little city was an outlier. And here's why it was an outlier, and I just want to make sure I get this right. In the, in the 50s and 60s, some doctors in this area began noticing some things about all the people who lived there. For example, virtually no one under the age of 55 had any sort of heart disease. When heart disease was rampant in the United States, in this little city, hardly anyone under the age of 55 had heart disease. Of those who were 65 and older, the the death rate due to heart disease was half of what it was in the United States. The death rate was, was half of what it was throughout the United States. We should pay attention, right? Like, what was it about these people? The death rate for other health-related issues was 30 to 35% lower than everywhere else in the United States. Fascinating. This was an outlier kind of a community. So they began all these studies to figure out why is this the case in this little city. There was no suicide on record. There was no drug addiction and really virtually no alcoholism in this little city. So they studied, they took blood samples, they watched. They said, okay, it's got to be the food. They got to be eating something that's helpful. They ate terribly. (laughs) I mean, they were from Italy. They ate horrible when they they started looking at what they ate. I mean, it was just horrible. And so they said, well, it's got to be the yoga studios. They've got a lot of yoga studios in the village. They had no yoga studios. They didn't see people up running in the morning, so it wasn't like this health exercising kind of a craze, none of that. Um, And so they began to think, oh, there's other health things. They were all smokers. No heart disease, no suicide, no drug abuse, no alcoholism. And it's not the food. It's not the exercise. They actually smoke. What is it about this group of people that kept them living longer than everyone else? You know what it was? Community. Community. The, the, the medical doctors that did the research, they were almost laughed off the map because they would come to medical conventions and they would kind of present their findings and people were like, that's, that's crazy. They were asking questions like, how well do you know your neighbors? How well do you know your family? How long have you lived in this city? Because they began to see a connection between the community, the families, even a connection to a church. Now, I know you're like going to roll your eyes at that one. You got to say that, Matt, because you're the pastor. We're in church, all of that. But seriously, all these connections, they began to see these were the reasons these people were living longer. And the funny quote, I find it an interesting quote, is, you know, in in the report, they said, these people were dying of old age. That's it. (laughs) They only died of old age. Nothing else. It's an outlier of a community. John chapter 3, verse 16, you probably know it. For God so loved the world. 
God so loved the world that what? He, 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 he became, yeah, he entered into the world. Some of you are like, that's not the verse. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, which means that God actually entered into the world. Uh, I love how, it's called the incarnation. That's the theological term. I love how uh, Eugene Peterson puts it in John chapter 1. He says this, that the word Jesus became human. He became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. God's love for the world moved him into the neighborhood to become incarnational with humanity, to be with us as humans. And as followers of Jesus, the call to us is to move into our neighborhoods, not just physically living in our neighborhoods, but to be with people, the very people who are all around us each and every day. Now, you can think of some different things um, when, when we talk about this. You can think about your, your places of work, which those are your neighbors too, your places of work, those can be your neighbors. What I don't want us to do is discount the people we actually live next door to, because that's what we tend to do. We tend to say, okay, uh, I, I am called to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, which scripture tells us that um, the most important commandment, according to Jesus, um, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, or all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then the second commandment is equally important, Love your neighbor as yourself, and what is like common to humanity is to, to decide who exactly is my neighbor, because we want to know who do I need to love to be okay with God, and who do I not need to love? And that's not just our question, it was a question back in the first century. Do you remember the guy who asked, well then who's my neighbor? He wanted to know, who do I need to love to get in good with God? Um, the word neighbor... Plesion in Greek. I like to impress you every now and then with my Greek. I do that on airplanes too. That's a showstopper. <laughs> it literally is translated sometimes as near. So I want us to make sure we don't just skip over this. You are called, I am called to love the people who are near me. And I want you to think about this. Who are you near more than your neighbors? So your family possibly, maybe some people at work, possibly, but think about the number of hours you spend in your house. You are near the people next door and across the street just about as much as you're near anyone else. And so God says, that's the, peop that's the people I'm calling you to love. I'm going to put you on a mission to be incarnational, to do what I did, to enter into their lives, not just physically, but to love them. Um, I've been, over the last uh, couple weeks, I've really been stuck on this. You're gonna get, if you keep coming back on Sundays, you're gonna get bored of me saying this, like the idea that we're called to be holy as God is holy, which means literally set apart or different or uncommon. So I keep saying, um, let's be different. Let's actually be kind, which is different in itself in this world, right? So let's be different. Let's be kind because God calls us to. So the question for me becomes, how can we be different, set apart, uncommon, and how we actually neighbor the people who are next to us or across the street? Now, let me be clear. I'm not really good at this. I'm, I'm not. I tend to drive into my driveway, into the garage door, 
close the garage door just about as quickly as I pull in, go into the house. I might go into the back door to throw the football with my son, but I spend a lot of time inside my house. I'm not real good at neighboring. Anybody else not very good at neighboring? You're like, I don't know if I should raise my hand. Am I committing to something? We're going to pass the plates in a minute. That'll make you feel better, right? <laughs> Quit talking about loving people and let's just give some money and make God happy. I don't know what I ate this morning. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> neighboring is hard. It's hard. And partly because our culture has created a way to neighbor in which we pull into our driveways, into our garages, and we close the door. That is common. It's common. We're called to be uncommon. You know, in the South, um, it's funny that, like, where I grew up, we didn't get to know our neighbors very much because we lived outside a lot of time. Like, I was outside all the In fact, my mom kicked me out of the house all the time. You know what I mean? She was like, just get outside. You need to, you need to go. Even with that, being outside and living outside, we still didn't get to know the people around us. And in our world today, we fence in our backyards, and that's where we spend the most time, is in our backyards or inside the walls of our houses. And we just don't get to know the people around us. And I'm just not very good at it. It's a challenge to me. And I hope you go along for the, the ride and challenge as well, because I think if you're a follower of Jesus, we're called to this. So let me give you um, a passage of Scripture and walk through it a little bit. And in your journals, you'll walk through it a little bit more. But Paul was writing to a church in um, a, a small little town, and he was trying to help them understand how do we live faith in a world that doesn't live it. And listen to what he says. He writes... Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. So just a few little words there. The, the idea of prayer is a good starting point. We started our year with a series on prayer. Prayer is a good starting point when we, when we start thinking about our neighbors and the people around us. So keep that in mind, that prayer is a good starting point. We'll come back to that. But also an alert mind. Oh, wait, go back just for a second. Also an alert mind. Now think about what an alert mind means. It means to be paying attention, to have an alert mind. So when we, when we come to this idea of neighboring or living in a world that is maybe sometimes different than what God calls us to live, we should have, start with prayer, have an alert mind, and be thankful. Um, if you grew up and you were my neighbor in, in Alabama and, and I had a driveway with 33 cars in it, you probably wouldn't be very thankful that I was your neighbor especially if you were trying to sell your house. You wouldn't love that I had all these cars, and you might be a redneck if you have 32 cars and only two work. <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy, just trying. Anyway, devote yourselves to prayer, alert mind, and a thankful heart for the people that God does put all around us. Some of you will get it later, and you'll be like, oh! <laughs> and then in Colossians, Paul continues, and he says, and live wisely. So you, 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 you begin with prayer, you have this alert mind, and then you've got to live wisely among the people who are around you, especially those who are not believers, especially those who may not track the same way that you track with Jesus at the center, and make the most of every opportunity. Like when you have this alert mind and you're praying, and here's, I believe this to be true, that if you pray and you have an alert mind, 
I believe if I pray and I have an alert mind, I believe God will give me opportunities to interact with my neighbors. I believe it will happen. And I think it will happen for you too. And then I've got to make the most of every opportunity. Now there's some responsibility on my shoulders and my conversation needs to be gracious and attractive so that we'll be able to respond to people and have conversations that draw people in. So I'm going to give you, um, since we're talking about childhood and our homes when we were kids, um, I learned in, in, in elementary school that if I ever caught on fire, there's only three things I need to do. And you learned them too. They are stop, drop, and roll. Yeah, you got it. You got it down. Stop, drop, and roll. So when it comes to our neighbors, here it is. I want you to remember these three words. Look, listen, and learn. Look, listen, and learn. That when we begin to look and see our neighbors, and when we begin to listen and learn from our neighbors, their different stories, then all of a sudden we begin to have an opportunity to love them in ways that we've never loved them, enter into relationship with them in ways that we've never done. So look and listen and learn. James, one of our favorite passages around here, is be quick to speak and tell the truth. Oh, wait. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Be quick to listen. Just remember that first part. Be quick to listen. That we, we look and we begin to see people, and then we ask questions and just listen to people talk. I was in the um, lobby this week at Trailhead, and I, and I sat down with um, someone that I, that I kind of know, and I just decided I'm just going to ask questions. And so I asked him, where were your parents from? 30 minutes later, I can't, I can't even tell you the whole story. It was unbelievable what he began to tell me and some of the family secrets that I learned just by asking, where are your parents from? It was crazy. Like, he just started talking, and I just kept asking more questions. It was just, so we look, we see people, we listen, and we begin to learn. Um, Mr. Rogers said it this way, the purpose of life is to listen to yourself, to your neighbor, to your world, and to God. And when the time comes to respond in as helpful of a way as you can. Like, that's, that's what we're called to do, is to listen. To listen to ourselves, we need to listen to ourselves. There's a lot of conversation out there about self-care right now. We should listen to ourselves, but we, we've got to li also listen to the people around us, listen to our neighbors, listen to the world, what's going on in the world, listen to God, and see when those places and those intersections, when they come together, we're able to enter in incarnationally, physically, we're able to enter in with our neighbors, which is how God wants to change the world. Now, a couple quick notes, and I told you, I'm, I'm not talking a long time today, because I think I'm challenged by this enough that I don't, I'm not a pro, I'm not an expert, so I don't need to stand up here and talk a ton about it. I need to be challenged by it. We need to be challenged by what Scripture tells us, and then we need to move on. And I, I've sometimes tried to think of my neighbors in terms of projects, but the reality is my neighbors are people to be loved, not projects to be strategized. So we got to keep that in mind that our neighbors are, are people to be loved. They're not like projects that we need to like strategize and figure out how can I do this? And how, no, no, they're, they're just people to be loved. But the challenge is 
we don't know how to love in this world. What is common is not love. So how do we, how do we not make people a project? How do we do what God did and just enter in to be with and to love? Um, I, I read this in one of the books that I gave you. I can't remember which one, but um, I listed some books in the journal so you can go read. But I, I read this, this question. Would you rather be someone who shares the truth and just lives your life or would you rather be someone who shares your life and just lives the truth? Like, those, there's, there's a big difference between those two things. Like, are, are we people who are just, like, wanting to shout the truth and just go about our lives and live our lives? Or do we want to actually share our lives with the people around us and just live the truth? Very, very different and challenging to me. Um, okay. In the book 42, he gives us some um, starters and non-starters when it comes to our neighbors. And so I want to look at a couple, and then we put a bunch in the book. So these are just some ideas this week to, to try. Um, so here's a non-starter. Watch your elderly neighbor pull weeds. Just watch. And there's a ton of weeds coming up right now. Just watch them. And if they fall, laugh but from a distance so they can't hear you. But just watch. That's a non-starter. Here's the starter is actually go pull weeds with your neighbor. Like actually walk into their yard and start pulling weeds with them. And then ask them where their parents are from and see if you get any secrets. <laughs> Here's another one. Uh, take out AirPods and talk to others on a walk. That's actually a starter, not a non-starter. To actually take out your AirPods and talk to people. And the non-starter is to wear headphones and do not make eye contact with anyone when you go on a walk. Just keep your head down, headphones in. If you don't make eye contact, maybe they don't even see you. Like, you just keep walking. That's a non-starter. Like, how can we start conversations and relationships with our neighbors? So, um, here, I'm going to continue this list a little bit with ways to intentionally neighbor. Um, what would it look like if you just made a decision to go on a daily walk down the street and back? So, I mean, I don't know how long your street is. Some of you live on longer streets, like in Fountain Hills, and they're winding and up the hill and down the hill. I know all of that. But what would it look like? How long would it take you? Ten minutes, maybe, just to walk down the street and turn around and walk back? And, and so here's the idea. Pray for the houses as you walk by them and see if God doesn't bring someone outside or a car in as you're walking by or if there's an elderly neighbor pulling weeds. And I know it sounds silly, but, like, what if you just made a commitment, I'm just going to walk down my street and back every day and just see if anything happens. I can pray for the people. I can even wave. I know it's hard to wave, but wave and say hi. Um, actually, we all, in this area, I hear this all the time, that we're a friendly people. That's awesome. When people come from out of town, someone just said to me this week, he said, people here are so friendly. They say hi. And they smile. That's awesome. We should do that. Pray for the house as you walk down. Um, drop random gifts or not so random gifts. So um, if there's someone on your street, like if you notice, you've never noticed before, but um, the lady next to me, um, her husband passed away, I think, years ago. And so what would it look like for me to just drop off some flowers, like on Valentine's Day? I didn't do that, but like how simple would that have been just to notice and to drop something off on their doorstep? Host a driveway dessert party. This is the best one out of all of them. Like, just put little invitations in your neighbor's mailboxes and host a little dessert party and see who shows up. 
Okay, good, right? You got it. They asked Jesus, what's the most important thing? What's the most important law? What do I need to do? That's our question as humans, isn't it? Tell me what to do. And here's what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with everything you got. Give him your heart, give him your mind, give him your attention, give him your affections. But the second is equally important. Jesus said that. It's equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you do these things, you find life. Seems pretty important to me, right? All right, that's it. So that's, what we, that's our challenge this week is to get to know. To, so stop, drop, and roll. Actually, it's look, listen, and learn. That's our challenge this week, to look, listen, and learn. And I'm going to add to it next week, just two more next week. So three this week, two next week. Um, would you stand with me? That's it. I'm serious. You're like, seriously? That's it? No, that's it. Like, that, that's the challenge is to actually live, listen, to live what Scripture says. That's it. To actually do what it says. Not just to read it, to actually do what it says. Now, some of you, when you walked in today, you had some heavy hearts. And um, maybe you responded during worship in different ways. But we have a prayer team that hangs out every Sunday up here. And so if you walked in with something on your heart that you just need prayer for, just slip up. As everybody else is slipping out, you just slip up and somebody will pray for you. Good? So may God go with you. May you look and listen and learn from the people all around you. Amen? Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.